It's hard to imagine a time when the name Google was not a household name. Founded in 1996 and named after the mathematical term Google, which is spelled G-O-O-G-O-L, the company Google, which as I'm sure you know is spelled G-O-O-G-L-E, gradually cornered the market on search. By figuring out how to provide the most relevant search results, Google put some search engines out of business and have made many more, like Yahoo, lose a substantial portion of their relevance. Google's success has turned it from a proper noun into a common noun that is now synonymous with an internet search. In the past, people in an office setting might have said that they would Xerox something, even though they knew full well they were not going to use a Xerox brand copy machine. Similarly, people today will say that they are going to Google something, even if they have plans to use a different search engine, like Yahoo or Bing. But Google's massive success has also brought massive scrutiny. As more people discovered and fell in love with Google's simple interface and highly relevant results, more resources were needed in order to support the growing search engine. Advertising became an important part of the business model, and in order to maximize revenue, advertising was targeted based on your interests. However, this targeting of advertising has created a tug-of-war between Google and its customers. Google is constantly trying to learn more about you in an effort to produce more targeted advertising. And if you're like most people, you're wanting to keep Google from gathering as much data about you as you can. There are many alternatives to most of Google's products, and we'll discuss some of those later. But that doesn't help you control the data that Google has already collected about you. However, thanks to recent privacy-focused laws like Europe's GDPR and California's CCPA, it is easier than ever to tell Google to delete the information it has collected. Thank you for joining us for today's show, where we will discuss how to delete yourself from Google. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Welcome back to the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. Google holds a massive amount of data. Some estimates put the total amount of data that Google has at around 15 exabytes which, if true, is around the storage space of 30 million personal computers. Now that's a lot of data. Google's record on data leaks is not perfect, but when compared to other companies, it is relatively good. The worst incidents in its history are probably a 2009 bug that exposed private Google Docs and a 2018 bug in Google Plus that exposed private data to third-party apps. That bug ultimately led to the shutdown of the entire Google Plus social network. And while there have been serious issues, they pale in comparison to many of the recent privacy issues experienced by other big companies, like Facebook or Microsoft. While they did expose private information, they didn't expose highly sensitive data like credit card numbers or social security numbers. So in a world where one mistake can have catastrophic consequences, Google's record has been relatively strong. 
But when it comes to the data that Google is collecting and keeping on you, Google has had a mixed record historically. While Google has recently helped lead the way in creating privacy policies that are easy to understand, Google has also had a history of burying information in its privacy policies until it was discovered by those who actually dared to read it. And Google's products have regularly been subject to FTC investigations. For example, YouTube, a Google product, recently paid a $170 million fine for collecting data on users under the age of 13. So what can you do to delete as much data from Google servers as you possibly can and then keep as much as possible out of Google's hands going forward? Before we discuss these tips to protecting your privacy on Google, I do want to make this caveat. You don't necessarily need to implement all of these tips. In fact, I don't personally follow all of these. However, it is good to be aware that these exist so that you can make the changes to the settings that you want. So the first and easiest way to protect your privacy on Google is to go through the Google Privacy Checkup. This is a quick way to hit the biggest settings that will make a difference in your privacy. You can access the Privacy Checkup at myaccount.google.com slash privacycheckup. A link will be on the show notes page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash episode 3. Google's Privacy Checkup has six steps. Step number one is to control the data that Google uses to personalize your experience. This consists of logs of your web activity, your YouTube activity, and your location data. The Privacy Checkup page will link to pages that will allow you to turn off each of these as you desire. Step two of the privacy checkup is the personalization of advertisements. Google will use the data it collects on you in order to show you ads that it thinks will be more relevant to you. For a long time, I used to leave this on because I personally preferred to see ads that were tailored to my individual tastes as opposed to just seeing random ads that were picked. However, accusations were made that Google was transmitting the data for personalized ads to advertisers to use as well. For what it's worth, Google has denied these accusations, and I found no evidence that any investigation was ever conducted. But the allegations itself, especially when combined with revelations that Facebook and other companies have engaged in this type of activity, were enough to make me turn off this setting a couple years ago. Step 3 of the privacy checkup is to control what others can see about you. This includes things like your demographic data, your birth date, your gender, and also your settings on Google Photos. The final item under this step is shared endorsements. Shared endorsements allow Google to use your name to advertise to people you know. So for example, if I gave a restaurant a five-star rating and a glowing review, Google might highlight that rating and review to a friend who then searches for that restaurant. Once again, the setting you choose here is up to you, but I have chosen to turn it off. Step 4 of the privacy checkup allows people to connect with you using your phone number. This permits people who know your phone number to connect with you using Google services instead of needing to know your email address. For example, if you use the G Suite services at work, Someone could find you throughout Google services by searching for your phone number instead of needing to know your username. 
I personally have turned this off because I see very little benefit to it. But if you think you could benefit from it, it's fine to leave it on. Step 5 involves your Google Photos settings. If you upload photos to Google, Google can analyze them to help you sort by the person in the photo. So if you have thousands of photos and you want to find all of them that are of one of your kids or one of your friends, enabling this feature will allow you to index these images by person. You can also have Google remove geolocation data from your photos. Many cameras will record the exact coordinates where the photo was taken. This is useful to help you group photos by location, but it can also be used to track where you have been. And finally, the last step of the privacy checkup covers your YouTube settings. You can set whether your playlists and subscriptions are private or public by default, and you can control the information that's added to your channel's feed. It also contains links to your videos and playlist pages so that you can verify the privacy settings for each individual video and each playlist that you have set up. So as you can see, the Privacy Checkup is an excellent tool to get an overview of your Google privacy settings. However, one thing that it doesn't directly do is examine and control the data that Google has already collected on you. So that brings us to step two. Download, and if necessary, delete your Google data. If you want, you can now download all of the data that Google has collected on you. If you want to see what has been collected, you need to go to the Google Takeout page. And before you ask, no, this is not Google's app for arranging a pickup order for your next meal. This is Google's portal for accessing and downloading your data. A link to the Google Takeout page will be available in the show notes at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash episode three. However, do be aware that you won't get your data right away. It may take hours or even days for Google to assemble it. You will be emailed links to download multiple files containing your data. The default of two gigabytes is probably as large as you want to go. When I requested my data, Google took around four hours to assemble all of it, and I ended up with over 130 gigabytes worth of downloads. So once you have your data, and you've had a chance to search through it if you want to, you'll want to delete anything that you don't want Google remembering about you. This can be accessed from the Data and Personalization page in your Google account settings. A link, once again, will be in the show notes, cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash episode three. On this page, you'll find a link to My Activity. Once there, you can look through all your activity on each of Google's services. You can see every place where Google has recorded your location, every YouTube video you've watched, and all the data that the Google Chrome browser has saved about you. There is also a search box at the top of the page so that you can search for specific items that you want to delete. Once you have an item, you can select its settings and delete it. You can also choose to delete all data older than a particular date, and you can also set it to delete older data automatically going forward. Once you've deleted your data, you'll also want to set your privacy controls so you don't have to keep coming back here and deleting things again. For most Google services, you control your privacy settings at the top of the page where you see all your data. 
For example, on the web and app activity page, it will either state web and app activity is on or web and app activity is paused. At the bottom of that box, you will have the option to change the settings there. And as a third item, you may want to reconsider your use of some of Google's services altogether. Depending on the service, it may be tough. Unless you have or you're willing to purchase an iPhone, your cell phone almost certainly runs Google's Android operating system. Google's Chrome browser is almost the undisputed best browser in the industry. In fact, it was so good that Microsoft opted to give up on the original version of its new Edge browser and create an entirely new Edge browser that uses the parts of Chrome that Google has made available for free. However, that isn't to say that there aren't options available. There are alternatives to almost every Google product. You can choose a more privacy-focused web browser to replace Google Chrome. There are plenty of other cloud storage options available besides Google Drive. If you want to buy an in-home assistant, you can avoid Google Home. You can also choose different options for Maps, for email, and even for search. Perhaps the toughest one to avoid would be YouTube, but there are even other options that can replace that. If you would like to see my recommendations, you can view them at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com recommendations. If you don't want to totally give up on everything Google, you could also try logging in with a separate email account that you only use to log into Google services. This might work, but given the number of ways that Google manages to connect things together, I think it's probably unlikely that Google will actually see your accounts as separate for very long. And then as a final note, if you want to go completely nuclear and delete your entire Google account, you can do that as well. The data and personalization page we discussed earlier contains an option to delete an entire service, such as YouTube data, or delete your entire account. Do note, it is possible to recover an account for a limited time in the event someone accessed your account without permission or you deleted it accidentally. So if you're looking for one quick way to boost your privacy on Google services, the privacy checkup is a great place to start. If you're looking to do more, you can then download your data or even delete it. And if Google's past privacy issues concern you, you can even stop using Google products entirely. And finally, you could even go all the way and delete your entire Google account. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us, and be sure to be back here again tomorrow as we conclude our special launch week series of episodes with the topic, Protecting the Contents of Your Wallet. Until then, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast. For more information on today's topic and a transcription of this episode, check out the show notes page, which is linked in the description. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, we would also appreciate it if you could take the time to rate and review the show. It really does help us get noticed. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Please do not take any action on your computer, phone, or other device unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com disclaimer for more information.
Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.